Ora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello, Chris. Hey, Mark. How are you on this fine Thursday evening? I'm a little bit chilly. A little bit chilly? Yeah, it has been, hasn't it? Tiny bit nippy. Yeah. Hello, listeners. Welcome to GeoDorable. Uh, are you in your shed? I am in my shed, hence I'm a little bit chillier than I should be, and I haven't hooked the heater up. We should actually start describing it as a studio, just to sound slightly more professional. Well, we sh- should, con- considering the amount of instruments in here. Yep, both musical and electronic. Yeah, like, it is more of a studio. Hmm, would you as- like to play us something, just quickly? Uh, hang on. Okay. How about that? Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, you should be a yeah. drummer. <laughs> I try. Speaking of drums, Chris, we've got our first gig this week. Oh, have you? Tell me in more. In fact, tomorrow. Uh, so the work band I'm in, which is quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're playing to staff tomorrow at an end of year party, end of financial year. And uh, what is your band name? Uh, well, considering no one will listen to this um, before tomorrow. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, it, it is in your ear. Okay. Which, if because I work in the fertilizer industry, it's in urea. Urea oh is a type of fertilizer. Goodness. That is a excellent pun. <laughs> Isn't really? urea urine? Ah, uh, a derivative of. Kind of. Okay, we, let's not get into yeah. uh, taking the piss on the podcast. <laughs> oh my, come on! Can you do the boom tish? That was worth no. Uh, uh, I could, but you could have just broken our um, our PG or PG rating. I don't think we have a PG rating. We're just not allowed to swear, and that's not swearing. That's okay. Just... Anyway, um, it's not like Apple are listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on swiftly? Shall we move on? Yes. Um, uh, this week, this is Geodorable, the uh... <laughs> the, uh, the the New Zealand's number one uh, special podcast for uh, all things spatial and uh, yeah and beyond, and and one of the best podcasts in the world about spatial activity. Uh, we like to pick ourselves up, and rightly so, I believe. I think so. I, I think we're pretty good. Hey, modesty. Um, there's not <laughs> enough of it. <laughs> yeah, we are well known for our modesty. <laughs> and having far too much fun at the moment. So, so um, we're, we also have fun at our, our day jobs. We do, actually. Uh, yeah, and we'd quite like to keep them. So, yes, um, keeping yes. day jobs is, is a name in life. Well, it enables us to do these kind of fun things at the moment. So um, it's important to state the uh, the, uh, the comments and beliefs and thoughts and comments. And <laughs> beliefs? I'm not sure we have beliefs. <laughs> well, that's true. Anyway, they're our own, uh, and uh, long may it stay that way. Yes, yes, nothing to do with the people we work for or with. Who are lovely. Fantastic. And yeah. we're not being sarcastic, even though that just came across sarcastic. Damn it. Move on. Um, Next week, Chris. Well, in the next coming podcasts, there's something special. There is. We've uh, we've been wrecking our brains about what to talk to uh, you guys about, and um, uh, we've we've settled on, uh, I guess, a number of different topics. But but really, the focus of those topics are around uh, GIS as a career and 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 kind of what it means. Yeah, and we're. I mean, there's usually quite a bit about. I mean, there's the emerging special group that we like. and there's usually a lot of how to get into GIS, but we want to look at, like, I don't know, the three, four stages of uh, life as a GIS person. 
wow before you, you burst from your chrysalis as a, a GRS professional butterfly. Exactly. Or um, you die because your time on Earth is done using okay. the butterfly thing. Yeah, kind of not um, cheery. <laughs> or you flap your wing and there's a tornado in uh, Bolivia or something. Um, exactly. So, yeah, what would... What we're going to do is start with careers, but move on to professional development. How do you know you're too old for the game? When is too old for the game? <laughs> uh, and uh, we've got um, a recruitment consultant lined up to uh, to talk to us about, you know, what their take on uh, on the on the role of GIS uh, within the industry. Yeah, um, and we'll have to get some young people and some experienced people. Yeah, as well. So, what we'd like is for you to get in contact with us. Um, How could they do that, Mark? Oh, there's so many ways, Chris. There are so many ways. We we are just. I think we're the most active geospatial podcast on Twitter. Did you know? I don't know. How do you measure that stuff? I, I don't know, but I think unless somebody can prove otherwise, we'll take that as uh, truth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so on Twitter, we're my geodorable. Um, you can email us at uh, geodorable at gmail dot com, and you can Facebook us. Is that still a thing? I don't um, know. Uh, yeah, Facebook slash Geodorable. It's more of a thing than, um, oh, what was it? My view, no. What, what was MySpace. That one? MySpace. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore, is it? I uh, know. That's not a thing as well as um, Yahoo Chat, MSN I think, Messenger. I, I think perhaps we're showing our age and, and maybe moving outside the target demographic. No, no, they're still, um, yeah, I think under 30s would still know what some of those are. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on? Shall we? Shall we? Uh, shall we have um, the news? Yeah, let's hit the news. Spatial news. Oh, the irony of you saying let's hit the news and then me missing it. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to try that again. And then choosing the wrong um, bid. <sighs> too smart. Too too smooth. This. Um, yeah. Spatial news. I think first up we're going to um, get a new sound editor. Sound engineer. Yeah. <laughs> sound engineer. Producer. <laughs> if you'd like to apply for the job, hit us up at Geodorable on, Myspa- on MySpace. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, on MySpace. Uh, to be perfectly honest, you have a very good chance. Uh, the competition <laughs> is pretty slim pickings. Um, so, uh, beer, Mark. Uh, we... Uh, yeah. You mentioned this once, you mentioned beer and maps, and it's like suddenly everybody gets on board. Well, either that or we're two years behind. Um, so what I noticed this week is our friends on um, Geo, GeoJobe yep. um, had a photo beside a beer map. Beer uh, map? Yeah, map well, of beer. Yes, Inf- a beer Infographic yeah. thing. Not to be mistaken for a beer mat, which is entirely different. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, a few a few conferences ago, there was a massive beer map of the world. Yep. Um, and it shows the number of breweries. I'm I'm not sure of its accuracy at the time, or it's even less accurate now. Um, but yeah, nice infographic with big, large, um, I suppose, circles with the flags on it. Yeah, rather than uh, perhaps describe it too closely, because um, I don't think our powers of description uh, <laughs> really really get to grips with uh, well, how let's, nice this let's map face is. It, we're both better at um, presenting Drinking. it visually. 
Well, I was thinking both better at drinking beer than actually describing it. But um, yes, we'll put a link to uh, to the map. But it is a pretty cool infographic, actually. I, I'm thinking yeah. they're bottle tops, aren't they? Looking. Yes, they are. Ah, okay, um, so, but the point of this is the UC is coming up. It is indeed. And one thing that's good about um, San Diego is the amount of bars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I thought for a minute you might have mentioned the conference, but let's go with bars, yeah. <laughs> well, um, everyone knows the conference good, so I was just taking that as a, as a red. Yes, um, fair enough. So, yeah. The um, amount of bars in downtown San Diego in the Gaslight Quarter. Yep. Gas lamp, sorry. Um, yeah, and there's one actually I missed out on, and you've got to go there for me, Chris. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's the one with the um, uh, bull, indoor bull riding thing. Oh, I remember that one. Uh, I do remember it. Um, much hilarity was had standing outside watching through the, uh, the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very funny. So this year, if you're going to the <coughs> excuse me, if you're going to the conference, um, head up Chris and go to go to that um, bar with the bull riding and drink some local beer. Uh, the other thing, uh, if if you like to be abused, uh, I, st- I think it's still there. Um, Dick's Last Resort was another uh, yes interesting interesting bar. Yes, possibly the rudest place on earth. Yeah, could be. So if you if you like being uh, abused whilst uh, drinking beer, then um, yeah, San Diego uh, bars ahoy! Indeed. Right. Spatial news. Now, Chris, the Indigenous JS conference. We've got the name so wrong. Um, why don't you write in and abuse us? <laughs> Or not, thanks. <laughs> no, we, we appreciate the good and the bad. As long as it's constructive and not just personal. Was <laughs> <laughs> um, it the Indigenous Peoples? Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that have come up from this, maybe, I uh, don't know how to describe it, is um, a map of Marae locations in New Zealand. Now this was uh, provided to us by uh, one of our listeners, um, Natalie, so thank you very much to her. Yes, shout out to Natalie. Um, so what is it? It is a um, Google map of location. So you can type in, in a, in a um, name, address, a city. Of a Marae. Well, just of anywhere and they'll tell you where the Marais are. Yeah, it's a really nice kind of... Um I guess, yeah, Link. And it, it's got a whole bunch of photos as well, hasn't it, of those, uh, of the Marae. So, uh, yeah, it's that really yeah. nice kind of map and, yeah, information link um, that uh, kind of we come to expect, actually. It's quite nice seeing it done in Google as well. Um, yeah, the, the uh, what do you call that, clustering? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, but the other thing I like about it um, is it also has the Iwunapu, I believe. Uh, yeah. Um, which is very useful to know. Yeah, so we'll post a link about that. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I guess it's, you know, one of those things that, you know, you have this conference and it's really good to see the kind of the follow up information that, that comes out of it. Yeah. Spatial news. Now, this is a bit of you, is it, Chris? Yeah, this is really, uh, really quite interesting. So, um, 
unless you're living under a rock, you you can't have uh, failed to notice the uh, numerous um, drones that now fly overhead. Okay, I'm, I'm you know not quite. <laughs> Sorry, are we living in Syria? No, we're living in the future, Mark. Uh, or Iraq. But uh, so, so basically, what's happened is the CAA has, uh, you know, worked with the government and uh, CAA, CAA, sorry, CAA, sorry, uh, the Chartered American. What? No, C- the uh, Civil Aviation Civil Aviation Authority. Right there, we go. Okay, the Civil Aviation Authority <laughs> and the government and, so, and co- Avia Asian to do so. <laughs> Just shut up. Uh, have uh, have worked together um, to um, basically designate uh, an area in Northland um, where drones can be tested um, outside line of sight. So, so currently there are restrictions about how drones uh, are used. They must be used within line of sight of the uh, of the pilot. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and below a certain uh, a certain yeah, height, four hundred um, feet, I think it is. Yeah, from uh, the pilot. That is. So you yes. can actually climb a mountain and fly your drone into um, restricted airspace. If that's really what you want to do. Anyway, so um, because drones are becoming uh, more and more ubiquitous in, in life and, you know, we've seen everything from, you know, the uh, Domino's Pizza delivery drone through to Amazon trying to do, uh, deliver, you know, parcels through to... Um, oh, what do we have? The, uh, the um, blood bank delivery oh, yeah, from uh, Rwanda. U- Uganda. Rwanda. Rwanda. Rwanda? Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so the CAA... Actually, that was probably one of our best stories we've done. Thanks. Uh, have desig- And I might get through this story at some point. Have um, designated uh, an area up in Northland um, that's going to be allowed uh, trials of, you know, out of line of sight. Um, yeah. So there's 90 operators in New Zealand with the license credentials. Yep to apply and fly beyond the line of sight that's quite a lot I think it's awesome this is one of the things I love about New Zealand we're really quick to kind of embrace new technology and um, also we have big spaces where no one lives so it's okay to crash your drone yeah that's that's handy as well but um, yeah I think it's really cool I think it it really demonstrates a, a kind of you know an effort for the government to get on board. They they have been for quite a long time um, reasonably relaxed around drones. They turned up, um, you know, a, a few things. Uh, was it late last year? I think it was. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, this is a great um, a great example of, of how you know the, the government are trying to uh, open this up. The other as- interesting aspect of the article is that there is a trial called Incredible Skies, will test technologies to enable medical delivery. In mm. crisis support, so building on the Rwanda thing, the yep. theme. Um, yeah, deliver medicine safely. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a brave new world. I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited to be in a place where you know these things are being trialled. Yeah. <laughs> Spatial news. So um, nothing like a bit of Trump abuse, right? Well, this isn't Trump abuse, really. Um, He's doing a fine job by himself. I think. I think we'll find. Uh, but this is quite a nice, uh, quite a quite a nice infographic about um, how and where presidents have, have travelled. I think on a few podcasts ago, we uh, yeah, uh, after, or during the US election, um, we highlighted uh, a nice story map that um, that described you know how Trump and how Clinton had travelled across uh, across America. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, if you if you're a follower of the American elections, you'll notice that. 
um, Clinton stayed out of quite a few places where she lost heavily. Uh, yeah. And uh, may have costed the election. Um, now, what we're talking about here is uh, it takes that a little bit further, actually, and, it, and it's um, it's talking about uh, all presidents since um, 1908, uh, and it describes uh, their, oh, I guess, their travel patterns. So where across the globe they've travelled, and the and the number of um, the number of countries, countries cities, they've visited. actually yeah. cities. I mean, I think it's a really nice infographic. It's quite an amazing infographic. Like, it takes a while to get your head around. But um, once you do, it's like, wow, that's really cool. So, Chris, using your great powers of description... No. <laughs> how would you describe it? I would describe it as um, a... So you have the globe in the middle. You have um, around the outside of the globe, you kind of have the, the presidents. And then around the presidents, you kind of have a... Um, a kind of a chart, I guess you'd call it. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's actually a line graph. Yeah, I guess it's a histogram. Yeah, but you can you can easily click on a, a president and the graphic changes to show that particular president's trips and yeah. um, you know where they went. I think it's a really smart idea. I agree with you that it's a little bit complicated to work out exactly how it works to start with. But once but, once you get it, yeah, um, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually will take this to work and show them. Yep. Because this is, um, you could use this sort of sort of thing to m- show multiple yep. information. Yep. Because um, you've got presidents and you've got time, and you've got countries, which is three-dimensional. Woo-hoo. It's very very cool. I mean, it is kind of complicated to get the hang of, but I think, and also the UI is beautiful, right? Uh, you know, the the use of color. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So that is, um, I will post a link to that. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, very hard to describe. Uh, but very cool, nevertheless. Spatial news. Uh, so last week we talked about map, And this week we're talking about map. <laughs> Coincidence? Maybe. Um... So near maps for those uh, for those of you who don't know near maps are um, a an organisation that um, flies and captures aerial imagery. Um, that isn't the exciting part. Um, I guess the exciting part is the frequency with which they fly. So um, near map has been uh, particularly popular in the states. Uh, sorry, in the in the uh, in Australia. In Australia, yeah. Um, where they fly very regularly. You know, you, you, you're talking uh, in lots of places annually or more frequently than that. Um, and they have a really good history of uh, you know where they fly, and so you can actually go back in time and you can see how things uh, have developed. Um, it's really useful for the construction industry uh, as well because they can monitor you know growth in cities. And NIMAPs as well uh, have also developed a number of um, solutions, I guess you can call them. So they have a yeah, a, sort of off the shelf. Yeah, so they have a, a NIMAP solution for. Um, Solar, solar, solar panel uh, distributors to, or you know, to, to identify where's the best place on house to put a solar panel. Really, really simple tools, you know, to, to allow them to do that. Um, yeah, so they've taken what we all can do anyway, but actually commercialised it. Yeah, I guess so. And 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 I, and I think they, you know, the USP is the frequency with which they fly. Um, and also simple decisions. You yeah. don't have to go to the GIS company. No, to do it because you can just go to near maps and get it. 
So I guess it, you know, it's software as a service, uh, really cloud hosted. Um, why are we talking about this? Uh, it's because they have come to New Zealand. Um, so they've been in Aussie for quite a while. Uh, they've now done a, uh, a, a well, they've started a trial flying in New Zealand. Um, what do they say? Well, it's not really trial because it was completed in March and covers 72% of the population. I mean, in New Zealand, that is just flying well, Auckland. Well, okay, yeah, 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 fair enough. <laughs> so, yes. So they've flown in Auckland. Um, Hence it being a trial. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it's really interesting that these guys uh, have come here. It'll be interesting to see how well, how they develop over the next kind of, you know, six to nine months. Their motivation was actually for their Australian customers. Yep. Um, so with the investment or whatever's going on in New Zealand from Australia... Um, yeah, so near maps are actually seeing New Zealand as a market for Australia. Uh, yeah, and they are a commercial company, so this imagery is never going to be, uh, you know, released uh, in the same way that you know, imagery captured by local authorities is. But um, yeah, interesting nevertheless. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth watching where this goes. But you're probably yeah. right; they just uh, flew over Auckland, <laughs> maybe Wellington, maybe Wellington, possibly Christchurch. Who knows? But yeah. Um. So yeah. Spatial news. Way to crash the vocals there, Mark. Well, I was going to say, check them out. It's basically easy access to aerial photos. Well, it's um, not, because you do have to pay for it. Yeah, sure. And it doesn't integrate with ArcGIS Online or Esri or most other GIS systems. But apart from that... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to press it again, um, so we okay. have to carry on. All right. Events, Chris. We love good events. We do, and uh, the uh, the wonderful Emerging Spatial Professionals, ESPs, Woo-hoo. have got a number of events coming up. Uh, now, I know, Chris, you're a fan of theirs on Facebook. How do you get to them on Facebook? Uh, you go into the search uh, bar and you type uh, Emerging Spatial Professionals. Facebook.com slash Emerging Spatial Professionals, obviously. Yeah. Um, think of a shorter title, guys. ESP, isn't it? Yeah, it might already be taken. Anyway, so um, they've got an event, uh, GIS in Industry, and this is at Watercare, and this is on the uh, 6th of July. Um, that's a Thursday at 5.30pm. Um, that's in uh, in Newmarket, or Remurera. Yeah, in Auckland. Uh, that's really cool. Um, and then also, um, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, in future podcasts, but we have the, um, the New Zealand Esri User Conference, which is... Um, in oh when is it in uh, August uh, they've also got a meet up there so uh, again um, it's you know if you're an emerging special professional uh, then it's uh, it's worth catching up there with these guys it is um, and we'll probably be talking to them more about um, careers yeah absolutely spatial news okay so now you're just teasing me with <laughs> when you're going to play that uh, news jingle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, what are we talking about next? Uh, something close to your heart, at least. Go on. Uh, truck routing. Well, the, the, yeah, we talk about truck routing, um, but but actually this goes a little bit deeper. Um, so when I first saw this, saw this story, I was like, oh uh, yeah, trucks, well that's kind of cool, I like transport, you know, making sure uh, you don't drive your, your truck into a low bridge which happens in Auckland quite frequently um, yeah this is kind of important but the more I got into this story the more uh, the more and uh, important was the bigger it is so um, 
do you remember do you remember Bing? Is that by that Bing. company? Um, was it? Um, uh, that's the guy Friends, right? Yeah, that was his surname, Chandler, I think. But no, I'm, I'm thinking more about the search engine that Mackie people. Uh, uh, DuckDuckGo. Close. I think they got some Yahoo. To do with Microsoft. Microsoft. Microsoft Bing. Remember okay. them? Okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, Microsoft Bing. Bing Maps. Microsoft know? Bing. Microsoft Bing and Bing Maps. <laughs> Bing Maps. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I haven't used them in quite a while. But they're looking to try and combat that with uh, with a whole bunch of new APIs and new services that um, actually look pretty cool. Yeah, so they've got a couple of projects going around in the world that are to do with truck routing. So they have new truck routing uh, routing services, which, um, as the name suggests, uh, you know, is supposed to minimise your risk of uh, you know low bridges or. Um, uh, bridges that might not support the weight of your truck or turning uh, <laughs> radius or those kind of things. I used to have a random story about that. You know how I grew up in New Guinea? Uh, yes. Um, so, Dad was a manager of a truck yard in Mount Hagen. Um, and one day we had to go out with him. Well, we didn't have to, but we went out where a um, truck driver had driven his 20 ton truck over a 5 ton bridge. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the whole thing just collapsed down. Um, full of tea and what have you. It was quite a mess. Yeah, well, there you go. Still got, still remember that. It was quite interesting. Okay, cool. Um, that wouldn't have happened, wouldn't it? Well, it wouldn't have happened Bing. if you were using Bing. Um, so anyway, they have uh, truck routing. They have um, a new distance matrix API. Um, they have... Oh, time-specific isochrones. I quite like the look of this. Yeah, this, this is going to be bigger than you think. Everyone's going to need to know the word isochrone. But hopefully most people in our industry do. What is it, Chris? It's a drive time. Well, it's a line or on a diagram or map connecting points relating on the same time or equal times. Sorry, have you been... I googled it, yes. Did you? Okay. <laughs> I didn't bing it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, an isochrone or drive time, fair enough. Um, well, multiple drive, drive times. Like, I think that's that's the interesting thing. Well, it's multiple drive times and it's um, by time. Yeah. Yeah, so what time of the day should I travel given that I want to... So this is a great one, you know. Where should I live if I don't want to commute for more than 45 minutes? Um, now, Chris, am I right in saying your company actually has similar solution to this? Oh, we do, yeah, of course. Um, um, not that we're pushing it, but... No, and obviously ours is much more advanced, etc., etc., etc. But you know, really interesting that, that Bing are doing this. You know, um, yeah, it, you know. it is. Well, it's interesting that they're fighting back on the mapping space because we all use Google Maps. Uh, we do, and we don't really think about um, anyone else. No, we don't. Um, yet here are Bing fighting back with some stuff that would have cost them money. Yes, indeed. Um, and they're off the, actually offering vehicle tracking solutions. Yep. Um, I, I, it, it's really interesting to see them you know, expand in this space. I mean, you know, I, I've noticed this. I don't think uh, too many people, you know, other people will have noticed this. It was, certainly wasn't kind of, you know, really public news. But um, it is interesting to see that they are um, expanding into this space. Yeah, I do like their, um, they've got a Geobot. Yep. But that's quite cool. So where is bus 99? Hold on a sec while I search for bus 99. 
You're being you're being the geobot now, right? I am now. Yeah. Uh, bus ninety nine is currently at latitude and longitude. Huh. And you're like, well, well done, geobot. That's not actually useful. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. That's um, quite fair enough. No. Okay, but what is interesting, regardless of whether you think it will be useful or not, is it's open source and it's being put on GitHub. Yeah. So, you know... This is, this is quite a move. This is more important than we're probably getting it, making it sound. Yeah, a couple of other things. So um, we're all aware of the kind of the uh, vector tile or vector base maps that um, Esri has been working on, um, along with uh, Mapbox. Well, um, Bing Maps are, are also uh, allowing you to do that. So you can now customize map styles um, that you know, reflect your particular brand or whatever you want to show. Um, yeah. And one thing I've always liked about Bing, I guess, has been its uh, its use of um, oh, I've now forgotten the word maps. No, its use of aerial imagery uh, ah, right. and how it allows you to look. You know, it's picto- pictometry is what I was looking for. Sorry, uh, and how you can look from multiple angles. Um, yeah. Well, you know they have uh, you know they've updated this imagery and it looks pretty smart. Yeah, so um, have a look at Bing. Um, go to Google and type Bing Maps. Bing, yeah, <laughs> odd, man. Um, but there we go, Bing Maps finally stepping up. And stepping up in a big way. Yeah. So, uh, is that all? I've got any more for any more? Uh, no, that's about it. Um, what we didn't do at the start of the show, Chris, or do you want to go into the topic of the week? Or... Um, Thanks where you're going. Well, I was I was just re- going over our um, the science of where. Uh, yeah. And, now and we it, didn't introduce, introduce ourselves at the start of the podcast. Um, but had we done, had, had we, we done, done uh, I probably would have introduced myself as uh, a werologist. Werologist. So Chris, a werologist is, is about the science of where, right? It is, you know, um, and and taking because uh, because map man just doesn't really do you justice. <laughs> No, maybe not. Um, it's oh, quite attractive. <laughs> Map middle-aged man. <laughs> yeah, loses it. Um, but, you know, as, as we've yeah. introduced the science of wear, and, and um, we personally believe that being a wearologist or a wearographer or a... Um, so what would I be doing if I was a wearographer? Well, we actually didn't say what was a wearologist. Well, if you're a wearographer, you'd be uh, you'd be making some maps. You'd be representing you'd be, the wear. You would, yes. You're way better at this than I am. If if uh, if you were a wearologist, you'd be um, knowing about the technical aspect of the wear. So, cons- well, developers, techies, DBAs, bit of scripting, consultancy, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, some consultants are wearographers. Yeah. Um, and if you're about the remote sensing, image analysis, etc., you'd be a wearometrist. You would. Now we're really pushing this because I think actually it's a really good kind of description of uh, of different well, types of people in the industry. It, it it is. It's something you can actually talk to another person and go, "Well, I'm a wearologist." When instead of saying I just make maps, when in fact you don't touch maps, you develop code. Mm. Um, you know, good to say I'm a GIS developer, but that doesn't actually represent what you do. What you do is you know about how to present the wear. Yeah, true. Um, and whereas if you're, you can, you know, I suppose cartographers will always call themselves cartographers to set them apart. Yep. But if you're a map maker, 
um, then call yourself a wearographer. Now I'm uh, I'm currently updating my CV, uh, not for any uh, various reasons. But, <laughs> Should but, you say that on the air? Yeah, yeah. Sim- simply because I'm um, uh, applying for membership of a, of a um, society. Freemasons. They, yeah, yeah. No, a society. And they they need a copy of my CV. Stonecutters. Something like that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really tempted to put on. Uh, I'm, I'm a wearologist. Wearologist. Uh, I think that would yeah, work no, quite well. Now, Chris, what what is an aware optimist? We're optimists. Uh, somebody who, uh, <laughs> uh, somebody who um, doesn't really know what they're doing, but they think it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Which I think most GIs people fall into at some time. Yeah, that's true. That's so weird. anyway, yeah. Um, Science we'll put, of wear. We'll, we'll put up a, a, a few definitions of uh, these various wearographers, wearologists, and so forth on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and you can see where you fit in. Yes, indeed. Okay, should we do uh, topic of the week? Week, week, week. Um, is that yes? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um, topic of the week. Oh, I always thought you'd forgotten the sound. I almost had. Uh, <laughs> getting a bit rusty. It's been like, you know, we took a week off because there was uh, no news. Um, no, we were just very busy. It was a bad week last week. Yeah. Now, this week, we're talking week. about... LIDAR. LIDAR. Now, Chris, what does LIDAR stand for? Uh, light detection and ranging. Right. Uh, or mm-hmm. it could stand for um, light imaging detection and ranging. It, uh, it could. But both of those answers are wrong. Are they? Wrong, wrong, wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, I was told when I grew up. Yep, and you were told a lie, just Wasn't like it? the um, ice cream van plays music when it's out of ice cream. <laughs> okay. Uh, LIDAR hmm. is actually a um, combination of two words. Okay. Uh, one of them being radar, and the other one being LISA, uh, li- light, or laser light. So light and radar. Light and radar gets LIDAR. And it's actually a um, accepted word now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like radar is an accepted word, even though that is an abbreviation or yep. acronym. Well, that's, that, that's is it radio detection arranging, isn't it? Yeah. Hence um, the light detection arranging. Seems like a perfectly reasonable uh, option. It is, but it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> so... Chris, when was the first use of LiDAR? This what is going like to be t- yeah. 20 yeah. questions. Pretty much. Uh, I think it well, was... something for play along at home. I think it was in... Uh, well, let, let's guess some decades. Well, it's really interesting, this, because I have done a bit of reading, um, and although I won't get the exact date, uh, you can <laughs> actually look back and you can start looking at things uh, like um, Wolfgang Amadeus Doppler. I can't actually remember his um, first name. <laughs> <laughs> Doppler. So, so this research you did. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Like, man, give me a break. But Doppler, um, he was a German mathematician, um, I believe. He yeah, was. He, he, he was the guy who came up with um, the sound of motor cars as they, or race cars as they drove past. Ah, the Doppler effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's that my... Impression of Doppler. There. So the Doppler effect is the um, waves crashing into each other. 
roughly. Yes, roughly. But uh, it, it's also a, a pretty good kind of uh, example of, of, of LiDAR in, in many respects. It's, it's the light hitting something and bouncing back. That's kind of the kind of the same thing. <laughs> anyway, right. right. So, so you see, you, so you can start looking at the history of LiDAR and take it all the way uh, back to the very, you know. Uh, uh, earliest times when when you know people like Doppler were were investigating these things. That's okay. not the answers you were looking for, right? Well, no, I I think you're kind of missing one important point. Which is what? <laughs> well, lasers weren't invented till the 1950s or 60s. So, Fair enough. So therefore, the, although the principles of light are, have been around for quite a long time. There you go. Principles. Yeah, principles. Um, the actual first use of LiDAR was in the 1960s. Was it? Okay. Yeah, was when they shortly after the invention of the laser? It was indeed. Okay. Um, and it was used to measure clouds. Okay. Um, and yes, yeah, so in the research I've done, there's a whole lot about measuring clouds. I even tried to complete a LiDAR quiz. If you're bored at work, look up LiDAR quiz and get all the answers wrong. Okay. Well, we didn't even know what it meant, so um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, and then it was moved, evolved into the seventies and eighties and nineties and whatever the naughty often do um, to where it is today. So it's so common today; like it's unbelievably common to use well, lidar. I, th- I think what's uh, really interesting as well is the cost of the devices, uh, you know, the LiDAR devices have yeah. dropped so substantially that um, I think in, a, in an article I've read, you can buy a kind of a standard LiDAR, um, uh, what do you call it, LiDAR? Scanner. Detector? Scanner. LiDAR uh, printer, did you say? No, that, you can buy them <laughs> for about 400 bucks, you know. Well, even less, there's, um, uh, well, some of them are getting into $100 um, sensors. It's ridiculous, and this, I guess, is why, you know, um, the uh, the growth, and, and perhaps it's been driven by the growth of, you know, automated vehicles. Well, yeah, this the I, I suppose it's the ability. I mean, we all understand what lidar is, right? You get a bunch of points back, but it's the speed you get them back. It's the amount of points you get back. It's the ability to mix in um, color with it, mm-hmm. um, and time. And surely, and surely, it's also the ability to analyse what you're receiving. Yeah. So this is where the um, where ometrists mm-hmm. get really excited, right? Because this is what they're doing all the time: censoring, censoring, yep. <laughs> censoring, yep, censoring. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, getting sense information back, um, and yeah, it's taking off massively with the automotive industry. It's also taking off, pun intended, massively with the, the, the kind of the drone industry that we, we talked about earlier. Yeah. That was a taking uh, off reference joke. Yeah, we got it. You don't okay. have to explain it. It well, gets worse. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder. Um, but yeah, the, the ability to laser, I mean, we all know lasers don't lose strength as they go up like they kind of do, but not really. Yep. So you can send a laser a long distance and get something back. Indeed, right, and, and this is why it has been so so successful, um, and, and I guess is why it's it's started to, to proliferate and, and become used in, in so many different industries. So, what does this mean for the geospatial industry? Should we give up now? 
Yes. That wasn't a return. Thank you for uh, <laughs> listening to the last episode of the Geodorable Podcast. <laughs> it was killed by cheap lighter. <laughs> no, I think I think really, you know, what it what it means is that um, you know we are and we're seeing it already we're being bombarded with just a huge plethora of, of information you know it's becoming information overload um you know uh how long before you know the imagery captured by the likes of you know google by um you know even uber are getting in on the picture we have to mention uber uh are getting in on the picture you know and 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 using this information to um, not only enable cars to drive themselves but capture all this information as they go about it yeah you know we're going to get to the situation where the information being collected is more than you know we can really manage um well that gets us into big data and um oh, it, do, it does learning, you know, etc but but i think what you should be doing like we've all been investing in aerial photography for ages um but we need to get on the slider boat how do you suggest we do it? Uh, book a cruise. Okay. <laughs> um, no, we should be looking for projects that do LIDAR. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah, and it's kind of hard because we're, uh, we're always about the map, not about the censoring. I mean, that, that, that's true, but you know, we are moving into a, a more of a 3D environment um, yeah. where, you know, we talked about last week, um, or sorry, the week before, about you know, Wellington and their use of 3D in emergency management. Um, you know, uh, being able to capture this information quickly, uh, being able to do it really easily uh, and cheaply. Well, yeah. So if you could, if you could give all your field inspectors a cheap lidar unit for 500 bucks, and it was capturing 200 meters either side of them, and you know, a million points in a second. That's some pretty good information for assessment, right? Yep. Um, there's a number of um, LiDAR viewers. Here's we have some. There's some open source. There's other people. Um, Orbit, one of them. Um, that will give you easy software to, to view web um, LiDAR easily. Did I say easily twice? Might have. Um, so easy to stand up a web viewer that displays millions and millions of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, look for it. Look out for it. Do it. And, and much more of this information is being made uh, available. I think uh, Auckland's Council's uh, LiDAR is being made publicly available as well. So, you know, the information is out there and the tools are out there as well to, you know, help you build models uh, as well. I know... Um, uh, I think uh, you know the Esri tools as well have been pretty good at uh, enabling you to take this data and actually do something with it. You know, 3D models in particular, uh, but also building you know DEMs, well, and DTMs. Yeah, but is that a traditional sense? I mean, maybe this is a debate that what you're talking about is airborne lidar. Whereas, uh, I wouldn't say the most exciting stuff, but vehicle lidar, and that's all terrestrial. I.e., mm-hmm. it's done from the ground level up. Yep. Um, and that's that's definitely a rapidly growing area. Um, you, you've got a better range of scanners for the well, we, aerial We mentioned stuff. the uh, the handheld Zep one. Um, we did last week. Yep. Um, but yeah, the Zep one, great example of a handheld terrestrial scanner. You just walk around. Can't be much easier than that. Uh, true. So I, I think you are entirely right that you know there is going to be a, a huge amount of information out there. Um, 
I mean, can you imagine if all these automated cars made their data available? <laughs> yes, but, but why not? As, you know? Well, I suppose they're all doing the normal legal speed, so. Wow. But you could actually see that happening in terms of a law requirement. That if you if your driverless car is involved in an accident, um, that the data is analysed, and that's what they use to um, understand where it went wrong and how to fix it. And that's a yeah, interesting interesting view. I mean, I don't know actually. Do the um, uh, what you call it the uh, car manufacturer? I've forgotten its name. Tesla. Tesla. Are they lighter? I guess they are. Probably. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not up to speed on with the Tesla are doing automated cars. Well, Google, no, no, obviously, no. No, Tesla is. Um, you know, uh, there have been quite a number of examples where you know the Tesla will drive itself across. Have you not seen it driven across the US all by itself? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Volvo are doing it, and well, everyone's doing it. But anyway, if you own a Tesla, and I know there are a few uh, Tesla drivers around, I've seen them. Um, <laughs> write in at uh, yeah at um, but yeah, uh, we are, I think, entering into an age where you know this kind of data is going to be more available than ever. Before. And the analysis for it as well. So not cap- capturing it quickly, multiple times, and then an- analyzing the differences. Feature extraction, you know. Yeah, it's all good it, stuff. It is. Cool. We've talked enough about LIDAR. I think we have. I think we've, we've managed to at least scrape the surface, if not uh, much more. <laughs> Maybe get one point per meter. Ah. Hilarious. Here a week, try the veal. You said that last week. Yeah, it's my go-to line. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, that was fun. It's time for everybody's favourite game, Mark. It is. Now, Chris, you are in a bit of training. I, hope. I am, yeah. Um, we discussed this earlier. I'm like the lions, though. You're like the lions. And slightly underperforming. And... Uh-huh. Um, not able to beat uh, anybody <laughs> apart from it, it's kind of like equivalent to me beating my kids I think actually at the moment that's oh, not that bad I mean un- un- unlike the Lions though you don't have a massive supporters um, group maybe you should work on that maybe you should yeah um, but the good thing unlike the Lions you don't whinge when you lose <laughs> there would be no point um <laughs> Since, but I mean, since, I mean, since adopting this country, you've definitely dropped the whinging. <laughs> playing you is a little bit like playing the All Blacks. Um, you know, you kind of <laughs> have the same. <laughs> no, that's, that's insulting to the All Blacks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe this. Uh, let's yeah. get on with it. Come on, I'm, I'm excited. Maybe for the like, game. Um, maybe like the French. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I turn up. Sometimes I'm, I'm just eating up. cheese. Um. And to all our French listeners out there, uh, <laughs> bonjour. Ça va? Oui, ça va. Export to shapefile. You didn't know I was fluent in French, did you? No, I didn't. Are you? Um, voilà, piscine. <laughs> sure. Bibliothèque. <laughs> Gérard Depodieu. So I'm just, uh, I don't know if you, you, you know the Flight of the Concords? Yes, that is a fantastic song. It is indeed. So uh, anyway, uh, come on, you're getting me off topic here. Uh, uh, anyway, I think I start. Uh, please, be my guest. All right. Uh, 3D analyst, 
line of sight. Okay, good start. We always start through the MS, don't we? It's, it's quite a safe place for both of us. Well, you were stuck in spatial analyst last week. I guess it was. I'm, uh, I'm going to start there, actually. I'm going to go with Streamlink. There is a surprise. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to get all modern. Streamlink links easily to add files to less data set. Yeah, it does. Um, but equally easily, I can I can jump to cut fill. Cut fill. Nice and sensible approach. Alright, I'll stay in the data management toolbox. Generate attachment match table. Interesting, but while you're staying there, you're not really uh, you're not really putting me under the much pressure. Not um, yet. Particle track. Particle track. That sounds like a particle accelerator thing. It does, but it's not. It's not. Okay. Specialist tool set. There you go. Trying to break out. Ah, uh, bring you back in, because there's not a lot of moves left from the X Y to line tool from the data management tool set. Oh man, how did you get there? Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, based on the previous moves. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not denying that. I just, it's quite a gutsy move for you, that's all. Yeah, and it's, well, it's not an illegal move. No, no, I'm not saying it is, but it's it's slightly more aggressive than I'm used to from you. Um, rescale. Rescale? Yeah, data management tool set. Ooh. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. Um... Okay, uh, hopefully not jumping the shark, just jumping ship. Uh, create constant roster. Oh, okay. Was that a desperate move or was it a clever move? Only time will tell. I don't know, I've got a horrible feeling that it was a desperate move that's actually quite clever. <laughs> um, disable editor tracking, I think. Uh -huh. I, think, I think I can still do that. Yeah, you can. That's um Okay. <laughs> you have been practicing. Um Okay, maximum likelihood classification. Ooh, from the special analyst toolbox. From the special analyst toolbox. There wasn't a lot of wriggle room there though. It wasn't, but you've kind of pushed me out of data management, which is rather yeah. unfortunate. Um, surface length. Okay. 3D analyst. <laughs> this is quite brutal. Yeah, well. <laughs> Good to see you getting aggressive. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Staying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stay in the Spatial Analyst Talks, and I'm going to go for View Shed. Oh, man. See, I thought I'd take a bit of a risk with surface length. Um, yeah. Of all the tools you could call, that's quite frustrating. Hmm. It's like I'd like to phone a friend. <laughs> or maybe sub in somebody else. If you're listening, feel free to get in contact and... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, thanks, put me off. Uh, do you know what? I, uh, I'm going to export to Shapefile, unfortunately. Ooh. That Hail Mary I did 
Um, that's, done my, that's done my confidence. Uh, no good. <laughs> no Thanks good. very much for that. <laughs> it, it was a lucky. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Being being uh, modest, it was a lucky call. Well, <laughs> on my part. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's we legal like to call, th- but we like to think that this game is a, a game of skill, but sometimes um, like plays its part, right? Well, when you're playing at our level, it's quite often. <laughs> Right, well, I'm going to call up uh, Owen Farrell and uh, George North and uh, see if I can... They're rugby players who Chris is hoping above hope they um, bring some decency to the Lions rugby team I know, in their I, tour of New Zealand. I, I know I have the uh, the unfortunate... Um, uh, what's the word? Heritage? The, yes, of, of being English. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty supportive of you know New Zealand at the moment. You are, actually. You're, you're quite a supportive... Of New Zealand. I, I, I was rooting for the Blues because they're, they're my local team, obviously. They've had a bit of a rocky season. Although, as we were discussing earlier, um, still... no, they've had a rubbish season by New Zealand standards. Well, I mean, yes. sure, but you they, can they... compare them against uh, other teams that aren't so good in other countries. but They may be bottom of the New Zealand conference, but they are sixth in the. Uh... How many New Zealand teams are there? Yeah, sixth. But they, 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 they are still sixth in the uh, you know the super the, the super rugby conference. So you know they're not going to they're not going to you know they're the only super rugby franchise to have beaten the uh, British Lions, British but and Irish Lions for the time being. Yeah, well you know because they've got to play the Chiefs and the Ca- uh, Crusaders. Yes, and both of those are going to be really easy games. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, enough about rugby. Yes, um, indeed. Um, good podcast. Lots about lighter. We we suggest you. Um, get into the lidar big time yeah yeah and um we suggest that you get in touch and subscribe and uh yeah and let us know what you want to hear about um careers because uh, yes we'd like if, to if you're at the start of your career if you're in the middle of your career if you're thinking of ending your career <laughs> <laughs> all of these things will be useful to know yeah yes yeah uh, and with that mark um i think it's uh, it's been fun it has it's been uh, great but we should we should leave our lovely listeners to their evenings. Indeed. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs>